0: Anime Pulse, Episode 532 it's your host joseph here back with another dmca free episode of anime pulse more on (laughs) that later (laughs) Mm. (laughs) yeah um uh, yeah so i guess we could just get into our irl news then uh let's not keep the uh, patiently waiting listeners waiting much longer and why don't you kick things off for us this week andrew
1: Okay, uh, my week starts off with a bit of technical issues with my computer at the moment. Um, my laptop's hinge on the right hand side sort of broken, um, and this means that when you close it, the screen actually opens up a bit and you can now start to see inside of it. So, I'm going to have to go send that away for repairs. Luckily, I bought this just this year in January, so it's still under warranty. So gonna have that sent away later on this month and have it sent back and hopefully everything will be as good as new there so no other problems other than that um i brought the comp. i I brought the company i bought the computer through uh, a company called scan i don't know if they have them uh, all the way in america but they do a lot of good custom-made kind of computers that are based you know like usually for gamers but you know they have a lot of good um you know it's like the kind of the standard that you'd expect uh for people who know a little bit more about computers than you know the people who would shop at pc world or something or just buy a typical like or just buy a budget iMac. notepad yeah oh buy an I- iMac yeah exactly um, hint hint wink, kinda... wink
0: nudge nudge me
1: ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah i mean it just kind of works for my lifestyle at the moment where it's like i was gonna go for apple for like the macbook pro actually which um, i have one yeah I just didn't like the newest one that came out most recently, so and it it just kind of left a bad taste because I really liked my old one. Um, I I upgraded the RAM in it and um, I up- updated the the hard drive on it. It lasted me such a long time. I liked how you could swap things out, but like with the newer models, for one, you can't change as many parts in it anymore, and um, a lot of the money you're paying goes towards that touchpad that they've added to the newer versions. Yeah um and if you don't want it you have to get it at like 13 inches which i think i wanted 15 inches and um there was all sorts of things i wanted to buy the previous year's model but i don't know if they have this happened anywhere else but in the uk um they ended up bumping up the price for the previous year's model of macbook pro as well so i couldn't even buy the previous year version um when i wanted to stay with apple at the time um apparently apple cited it as oh you know we're struggling because of brexit but you know you don't see any other tech companies doing that sort of thing and blaming it on brexit so it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth
0: yeah that um, definitely sounds a little yeah. bit like a scummy maneuver
1: yeah it's like they just came up with this, this one excuse but it's like really is apple really struggling for cash i, mean, I just i just don't it's harder for me to see that um <laughs>
0: no certainly yeah. not after their sales records with the new iphone x and yeah. the uh mm-hmm. the latest release of the uh The upcoming release, sorry, of the anticipated iMac Pro.
1: iMac Pro. Yeah, it's a beast
0: beast of a machine. It's basically for people who do web design and video editing, heavy video editing. It's it's basically like taking a Mac Pro, which is like those little trash can shaped ones, and putting Mm -hmm. it into an iMac. Mm. So it's got Ah. like, I think it's got like eight cores to it. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Octocord. Uh, is that the one that you're buying?
0: No, I'm not going to wait that long for mine. In fact, I'm just going to buy an older model right now. I was bidding on a, um, I was bidding on an old 2015 that had been maxed out with the, uh, except for the RAM. It had like 32 gigabytes RAM. It was a, a fifth generation i7 4.0 gigahertz processor. Mm-hmm, Pretty good, not bad. You know, way yeah, better good. than what I have currently, which is a early two thousand nine iMac. Um, hmm. Yeah, with eight gigabytes of RAM and a three point two gigahertz processor, Intel dual core. <laughs> so it's it's a little old. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so but, it's
1: quite the upgrade. Worth yeah, well. right
0: right now I have my eyes set on a, a late twenty fourteen imac that has the max 30 well not max but it has upgraded 32 gigabytes ram a i think it's a 4.0 gigahertz processor and a uh a one terabyte solid state drive
1: ah solid state yes, yes. once you go that way you can't go back I've, oh uh, yeah i I want to do that so, so bad mm-hmm. yeah definitely worth it but but yeah so that's that i have got to get that fixed up um mm. So there might be one week where I'm talking to you via a a secondary laptop, but you probably won't notice any difference, actually, to be honest. It's just Skype we're running. Um, I'm also going to just round up the anime previews. So there were a bunch of anime that I didn't manage to cover for previews now that we're ending the previews. And uh, just to go over them in a sentence or two, like I did last season, I'm just going to go blast through them right now. Um, There's Anime gatteries, which is a show about an anime fan club. All of it seemed to have uh, all it seemed to have was references to anime, while the characters act kind of stereotypically anime like anyway, so it's kinda meh. Hosaki no Kuni, uh a really weird CG show about girls that are made out of gems. The effects were so so and the story was kinda normal despite how out there it looks visually. Isn't, to the car.
0: Oh, isn't sorry, there huh? a a cartoon in America right now? Uh, Something universe? Steven's universe? Steven yeah, Steven Universe. Isn't that about girls one. who are gems? Um I don't know, maybe? Like I hear I, a lot of like a lot of the characters' names are like Lapis and Crystal or Lapis and like Diamond and Opal and whatnot.
1: No. I think. I oh no. Right. Okay. Um I don't think it's really anything like Steven Universe, but that would be a parallel if that's the case. I don't really know anything about Steven Universe. Nor do um, I. I've heard really uh, good things just... about it.
0: Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about it, too. In fact, I've there's been a lot of good American cartoons that have been coming out recently, like uh, uh, Monty and whatever. Oh? Monty. Uh, the Rick Rick and Morty, sorry.
1: Oh, Rick and Morty, yeah, yeah, Rick yeah. and Morty's quite fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've not watched all of that, but the episodes I have watched are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's very easily memeable. The fans can be a bit insufferable, but I guess that's... Kind of becomes the case of any fan. Base. Oh yeah,
0: the whole Szechuan Szechuan <laughs> sauce thing. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was funny in the episode, but now like I, it has a bad taste in my mouth uh, because of all that. Yep, exactly. you watch a, cl- a cringy clip from YouTube, and now it's all ruined. But you know, what can you do? So then there was Two Car, which is a show that's apparently commemorating uh, the anniversary of Studio Silverlink. It's very, mm-hmm. very, very, very standard. It feels like the kind of anime that Bakon was making fun of. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's Konohana Kitan, which was cute fox girls running an inn with supernatural guests. For people who are looking for the combination of a moe show with more yuri-tastic elements, just being blunt. Um, Urahara, which is a show about hipster fashion models and Harajuku <laughs> fighting off aliens. At least it looked all right. <laughs> Um, just Because, an anime that I checked out just because. A melodramatic show that focuses on that feeling you get when moving from one stage of life to another. It was okay if a bit milk toast. And then finally, that's, that's all the anime. Just going to go on to email. Mm-hmm. Uh, one email I got, because I got a question actually from Yotaru Vegeta, which is a, a question. Have you watched Kekai Sensen Blood, Blood Blockade Battlefront? Um, I have only watched one episode of season one. When I once went to an anime club, answering his question. Um, thank you for including this picture from New Game. Um, of I'll just forward that to Red right now. Actually, just so just so he can share in the image I got sent. Is it so another that, uh, emoto? Personalized touch. No, 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 no. It's from New Game. So he's being really topical, keeping it up to date. You know. Oh. He's looking at everything I like. Whenever I mention something I like, he'll um he'll send me it with love, which is great. This time there's no context even, so it's just like, yep, yeah, this is just a little tagline. Thanks for that. I actually oh. do remember that shot from the show, and just like, Ugh. I have I have still not finished that show, but I think I might just so I can review it one day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yuri's yeah. not my bag either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we can both yeah, we can both agree of that uh, in terms of at least when it comes to new games. Um, and then lastly, there is AP uh, Pulse. Wait, AP Pulse, Anime Pulse. <laughs> Anime you Pulse reviewed forums. Anime Pulse. Well, tell us more
0: about this.
1: <laughs> it's a great, it's a good show. I listen to it once a week. Oh wait, wait, wait. There's a guy that's got the same name as me on it. Nah. Um. There was also a an update to our forum post like the previous week. I only posted them. Um, a new one yesterday, so there's no actual one on a new post. It's the one about romantic comedies plus the poll. But this one's an update to the poll part. Um, so there's now two votes for liking the show to be between one hour and one hour thirty. Um, and then there's one vote for the te longer, te better, because in the forums, everything that's written as the is changed to te for some reason. So.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I don't think know. that's yeah. Tim and Walt Hall.
1: Ah, it's, it's an automatic thing. Yeah. And then there's. Uh, one forum post by uh, Dying Breed, and this is in, co- in kind of in reference to the poll. He says, Two hours might be enough. You guys go on side tangents, but that's what makes to show fun then. By. But. Uh, sorry. Fun then. Then. By to end, I feel like your reviews suffer because you're trying to keep to show an hour and a half marker. Just a thought. No matter what, I'll listen. So. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, which is yeah.
0: kind of why Tim and Wiltall have started doing their reviews at the beginning so they can take their time. And then they wrap stuff up with like site news and industry news and stuff like that, which I've thought about doing and following in their footsteps. And, you know, maybe, you know, if the listeners think that they like the way Tim and Wiltall does it, where the reviews are first and then they get to like, you know, the filler or some people actually come for the site news, the tangents, the rants, the whole thing. Then maybe we could, we could, I could see about changing that. Certainly, not going to mm. be against it with the recent changes. I'm going to have to make to the show now.
1: Yes, has also a good point. I guess I could, I could always run a poll on that as well, just to get some more further um, feedback on that too on the next.
0: Oh post. yes, certainly could even run a poll about the
1: stuff I'll be covering as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That that will be good. That will be possibly the next post then that goes along with this episode. And so that pretty much brings me up to date with the news, uh means my IRL news. What about yourself? Uh, in
0: the land of Joe, I have been exceeding my expectations at work, as usual. Um, I've finally been introduced to this new system that we have going uh, with uh, one of our new clients. And I received the training for that. And uh, this coming week, I'll actually have to stay an extra hour of overtime because we have some, uh, we have a brand new training course that the whole office has to take for discrimination uh, and uh, other, you know, that kind of litigation. Um, And I'm not going to really enjoy it that much. In fact, I probably won't even be able to catch all of it because I have to work till five and the. The whole thing starts at 5, so I won't be even getting there until the whole thing's already underway, because it's not actually in our building. It's Mm. at the Global Foundries Factory, which is further into the complex that I work in.
1: Mm. I'm really interested to hear how this goes. So, like, after you've had this, like, this workshop class thing, uh, let let me know what you think of and how it was actually structured. This sounds pretty interesting.
0: Well, I've, I've had stuff like this before. When I worked for the state, we had similar... Um, thing done where I mean that was done on like the first day of work I had to go and take a uh, discrimination sexual prevention yada yada so and so forth class where everyone had to show up that was a new employee and we just kind of learned about discrimination in the workplace and sexual harassment and whatnot which I don't know exactly why we're just taking this now and why everyone in Arnoff is taking it now, but I'm guessing maybe there's been some HR issues with people being a little too lewd, maybe, or maybe being hmm. a little too... Well, I don't know exactly, maybe discriminating
1: against one another, but whatever hmm. the case, we got to do it. I mean, in your experience, you've never, you've never seen any or witnessed any of this sort of behavior, have you? I've never
0: seen... At least from what I'd perceived as sexual harassment or discrimination, I've noticed things where, like, people would go off into a you know conference room and they'd have a sit down conference with HR and whatnot, and they'd be talking and they'd get mm-hmm. a little bit loud, and it looked like maybe they were arguing about something. And then sometimes one of those people ended up getting fired, and just, you know, it's like, what happened? Oh, they were just, uh, you know, they, they couldn't stay with us anymore. I, I don't know. And, you know, you couldn't really ever find anything else out about it. So it was Uh always kind of worrisome, like, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, so you kind of just want to keep your head down in some instances. But that's the nice thing about Arnoff is that uh, we don't, you don't really need to keep your head down because you just, you just enjoy work. You don't need to worry about the fact that... um, Maybe someone across the column or the aisle from you doesn't like your uh, your taste in music or something like that, and may th- they may like try to come up with a way to get you to go. So
1: yeah, I'm I'm glad it's it's moved past that sort of petty stuff. That's good.
0: Yeah. Um, aside from that, there's not really been too much. We went and had probably the worst experience at a restaurant I've ever had. On Whoa. family night this past Thursday, uh, mm-hmm. we ended up going to a place called the Brick uh, Tavern and Grill.
1: Mm, and
0: yeah. it's not bad as like an aesthetic standpoint. We walked in there and I was like, oh, OK, this looks kind of like, you know, a larger version of a, maybe an Uno's combined with a Ruby Tuesdays. And uh, it's, it's not terrible. It got TV screens everywhere, kind of has a bar five to it unfortunately the atmosphere was quickly sullied by the service and food the service which or lack thereof because we get in we place orders we get our drinks almost immediately and then we don't see our waitress for 45 minutes
1: ah uh, slow service
0: Oh, slow service we are three minutes from leaving i was like you know what it's almost eight o'clock we got here at seven I'm going to uh, basically just walk out the door. I don't care if our orders just come out as soon as I'm starting to walk away. I'm done. But they show up three minutes before, and I'm like, finally, food. My burger, which I ordered the Brick Burger, which mm. is probably aptly named because that's what it tasted like. It was overcooked to hell and back. But at the same time, it was cold. It was like they cooked it all up, and then they threw it on the plate while well, it was nice and warm. But then they forgot about it. Right.
1: And it got cold. Mm.
0: And Let's the see. burger was cold, and the onion rings were cold. It was not very good. And it was just overcooked, too. The outside was char broiled, and the inside was completely gray. There was no pink at all. And I always take my burgers medium well. So that means a little bit of pink in the center, not mm. gray all the way through.
1: Yeah. So. I try to be safe where um, whenever I go to order something like a steak or a burger, I'll just say medium rare because more likely than not they are going to slightly overcook it. So it kind of gives them a an error. kind of because like, it's really hard sometimes for them to to get it just right when it's me- when I like it medium well. So saying medium rare might make it you know might make them get it closer to medium well than
0: overdone. No, I've, I've uh, never had this problem though. I've never had yeah. a burger that was this overcooked. Mm-hmm. um And everyone else's food was terrible. The, we had some nachos that were basically like they took like stale nachos and then they threw shredded lettuce on top, and then they broke up a burger with some coleslaw and some uh, cilantro and they threw that on top. It was I mm-hmm. was horrible. The pizza that came out was like the only thing that my my uncle's wife said was all right, and my mm-hmm. father said that the arugula salad was acceptable. But as he explained, it was like they took feta cheese, they threw it on the bottom, and then they threw some arugula on top. And it was not great.
1: Ah, I see. But he's
0: he's a man of simple taste, so he said that it was acceptable. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't even get our food until we grabbed the hostess and were like, where the hell is our food? We've been sitting here. And then she disappeared. And it was, the service was horrendous. The food was not good. I gave it a two out of five, and everyone else seemed to be in agreement. Two out of five stars.
1: Right. Okay. Was so, it perhaps really busy or something? Was that also no, a good not problem? at
0: all. In fact, when we first came in, the whole problem was like we showed up, we had five people. They're like, "Oh, five people. I don't think we have any tables big enough for that." Do you want to sit hmm. at the bar? No, oh. we don't. We want to sit at a table, and then they put us in a booth where we had it all scrunched together on one side. Because uh, it was like two on one side and then three on the other. It was just not comfortable and not enjoyable. And I'm never going back there again. So if you're ever in mm-hmm. Latham, New York, don't ever, or Clifton Park, sorry, don't ever eat at the Brick mm-hmm. Grill and Tavern and Grill. It just, don't waste your money.
1: Um, On the topic of like your family, you know, eating times. Um, you remember a while back, you talked about a Mediterranean restaurant that you didn't, like very much as well. How does it compare to that one? If you remember the one I'm talking about, like you said, you didn't like Mediterranean style food, and those. Oh that, the. Uh,
0: yeah. Mediterranean.
1: Yeah. I it don't... was from a while back. So I'm. I'm so if, the you, Af- if you, if you, was
0: it the Afghan
1: restaurant? Maybe.
0: Maybe um, there was you, you, when what, you
1: went there. You, you talked about how it was like you know there were good reviews, but they were probably just by students who were yeah yeah okay in yeah that like was that. the Afghan restaurant. Ah. So
0: it had um I call it the Afghan restaurant because it had a lot of Afghanistan themed dishes to it. Uh, oh, a lot okay. of the food was themed after like Pakistani and Afghan type dishes. Um, oh, Mediterranean. So it's not Mediterranean. Well, they oh, okay. they. They, app, they put it on the website as Mediterranean style, but like you go there, it's like falafel and falafel and uh, halafa, and it's got a lot of hummus, and it's got all these different types of dishes you're only going to find if you were to go to like the Middle East.
1: Right. So was that better than the brick, or worse than That, the brick? I don't
0: know, because I didn't eat any of the food there, because I generally don't like any of that food. The stuff at the Brick, I wanted to enjoy, but uh. I couldn't because they just didn't do it right. So I'd have to say if I were to have eaten at the Afghan restaurant, I probably may have enjoyed myself more. But mm-hmm. because I was just being a, a whiny little baby and I just sat there and not eat anything and just was like, I'm not going to participate in this meal because I'm a crybaby. Well, I may have enjoyed myself there if I hadn't been that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh yeah. Um aside from that, that's about it for this week. Except for this little piece of news about the site. So a couple days ago got an email from the big old boss Welltal, and basically it said that some of our anime pulse episodes and some VG Pulse episodes had DMCAs against them. Uh, Basically, that means that some people are uh, claiming copyright on some of the songs that we're including. Um, As many may recognize, some of the music I use for the opening and endings is themed after some of the anime that we're discussing, or reviewing or previewing. I try Mm -hmm. to keep it in line with that kind of thing, so if we talk about it, I include a preview or an ending of it, the OP or ED. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to stop doing that, because... Much like Tim and Waltall, we had the DMC claims against us, and so I'm not going to do exactly what they're going to do, which they went the way of the Dodo Bird with the editing entirely. I'll still do editing, but I'm going to need to find some DMCA-free anime-themed music, or I'm going to have to just, you know, find something that I can use for the intro and the outro uh, what exactly that will be right now, I don't know. I'm sure if you're listening to this episode today, you'll hear something that will be playing. I'm guessing I'm going to throw in some kind of uh, remixed song that has no DMCA on it, because you can't put DMCA against some of the electronic remix yeah. songs that I have, because mm-hmm. you're taking a song that's purchasable, and then you're remixing it, and you're putting it out there for free. As far as I'm concerned, if it's free, there's no DMCA.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. there's plenty of like fan made or covers and just versions or remixes of songs uh, based on anime stuff that could probably be usable. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And I, I'll do a quick run through on anime on the, uh, on the old YouTubes um, and see what I can find out. Maybe there's yeah. something that strikes my like, Oh my gosh, this is anime pulse in a nutshell. This little uh-huh. section right here, I'll take it. And then I'll mm-hmm. just thank the, the artist or the author and be like, I'm on my way.
1: Hmm. Overall, I gotta say this is this is actually kind of a bit sad for me to hear because since I first listened to the show, like they've used they use like songs from the anime that they're covering in it, and and sometimes like you know when they when I hear the the opening to the actual show itself, it's like oh I remember that first um you know hearing about that show when I was listening to Anime Pulse back then, but you know this isn't just a problem with uh, people covering anime content, but the people who distribute anime in itself because I heard that you know Crunchyroll. Yep. Uh One of the reasons that they're not able to sub some of the anime openings uh for the anime that they get licensed to to stream online is because they actually have to get like separate permission from the the music companies that have the rights to the anime openings as well before oh, yeah. being able to subtitle them so like it's it's no surprise in a way that it's just like that's that side of the anime is so heavily protected in terms of the music so.
0: Yeah, Yeah, The way the world has gone recently, everything is copyrighted claimed and and everyone goes after everyone with the, oh, you're using my stuff? Well, I didn't give you permission to do that. Give me money. Oh, you don't have money? Well, down to hell with you. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's not the way how the world used to work. I mean, think about Ichigo and Bato and way back in the day, they did this kind of thing every single day. They use some kind of snippet of the intro. Of course, Ichigo did have the same ed for the uh ending music which i I still have and in (laughs) fact i may even use for this episode because there was never dmca claimed against that and i think ichigo Mm -hmm. actually edited it out perfectly so that i actually don't have to do anything with it i just slap it into the editing and then boom it's done i don't have to reduce the sound Um. at all
1: I think if I'm not mistaken, like one of the episodes with Rio in it, but not like not too long before before she left, you also still used that Neko Mimi mode thing for like one of the endings, I think.
0: Yeah, I I, I, uh, think I you did use it every now and then. I couldn't find something like sometimes there'd just be an anime I could not like the eds of where I was like, ah, none of these sound very calming or quieting, and I don't really yeah. care for them or something. Since I'm the one doing the editing, I get final say when it comes to what music we use. So uh, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I would throw in that Nikomimi has like a nostalgia factor. Um, yes,
1: uh, it gets me nostalgia too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that may be what I'll do for this episode just until maybe I can find something mm-hmm. that maybe strikes home a little bit more. Then again, that mm-hmm. is pretty anime pulse reminiscent. So mm-hmm. maybe I can get away with using that.
1: So, would the if I was to make a post based on this, would the forum post be something like, Does anyone have any recommendations or any links to any song yeah. that could be like try out? It could be for, that,
0: or it could yeah. even be just like, Do you care about the music? Is it something you even want? Do you want us to do what Tim and Waltall does, where they have no music mm. at all? I mean, I can do that. That would be super easy for me because then I would just take both of our stuff, throw it in there together, and boom, I'm done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, I won't. I could, I could still do like the. Uh, the little sound bits for, like, the IRL news, the industry news, and the uh, <laughs> the reviews and previews, but uh-huh. when it comes to, like, the opening and ending, I could just have, like, you know, no music at all. Just introduce ourselves, and boom, we're into it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll run that suggestion for you too. Just be like, see what people think. Yeah. Of course.
0: Uh, aside from that, though, that's everything. So I guess we'll just get into our industry news. And this week, I think you get to go
1: first. Yep. Uh, So, uh, when it's a slow week, just go towards some political drama, I suppose. Uh, So this week, I'm going to just be reporting on how... It's, I, I quote from the top of the article, Trump feeds fish, winds up pouring entire box of food into a koi pond. So during a visit over to Japan to meet the Prime Minister of Japan, Minister Shinzo Abe, um, they, they were meeting up to talk about various things such as the threat of North Korea and all that sort of not-so-savory things that we're talking about. But what drew a lot of people's attention for some reason was the act in, t- the act in which uh, Trump and President- Prime Minister Abe were handed, like, a wooden box of fish feed to feed um, a bunch of koi fish, basically, at the Asakusa- a- a- wait, Akasaka Palace. Um, yeah. That shouldn't be that much of a big deal, you'd think, but then the act in which um, and when Donald Trump uh, poured the entire box, uh, the remaining box of feed, into the pond. Got, like, a lot of people's uh, feathers ruffled. Uh, there was a bunch of people talking about how, uh, you know, oh, you shouldn't feed so much fish at once. know uh, feed uh, fish so much feed at once, otherwise they could die. Um, he, he murders the beloved koi. And even just other, like, you know, general mainstream media outlets, such as The Guardian in the UK... Was it UK? No, I think it's .com, actually. But um, we're covering it, and the language they use in it is actually just kind of funny, because they'll use things like, you know, a large collection of, uh, you know, koi has been viewed in succession by world leaders like Margaret Thatcher. It is not known whether the former British Prime Minister was as aggressive as Trump when it came to feeding the pods' inhabitants. And, you know, this might have some point or weight to it, even though it's, again, it's just feeding fish, but, um... If it weren't for the fact that Shinzo Abe first, you know, dumped the rest of his feet into the pond first, which is forwarded in the um, you know, original article I'm referencing from, you can see the footage there, where basically Abe first pours the rest of it in, so Trump basically copies him. But it just kind of, I just thought it was just interesting to point out as sort of like a uh, a time capsule as to like how quick and knee jerk the reaction tends to be when it comes to anything at least from that outside looking in, that Trump seems to do. I mean, I I try to avoid this sort of news at most cost because it's just so over-reported, but it's just sometimes you just got to stop and just, wow. Feeding fish can drum up this much controversy, this much angry tweets, and this much like quotes from like celebrities and stuff, you know, talking about how he fed fish. Uh, yeah. Which, of course, I pointed out, like, oh my gosh, a foreigner,
0: especially one who is maybe not as culturally sensitive as trump doing Mm -hmm. something very culturally kind of insensitive i mean obviously i if i were to be there and i were to see the prime minister do something i'd probably follow in his footsteps too i'd be like okay the leader of this nation just did that i should probably do that too because that's probably the way to do it i'm not going to be like ah, i should sprinkle it first and then throw in the rest of it so i don't get it on my hands intelligent no no i'm just going to be like Uh, The world leader did it, or the world leader, yeah, the Prime Minister Abe did it, I'm going to do what he did. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. There was like a funny meme I saw of this sort of thing where like, they put captions over it, so he's saying to to the Prime Minister like, okay, when do we get to see the Gundams? And the Prime Minister's like, after after we're done feeding the fish, and then it just shows him dumping the rest of it in, (laughs) because he wants to see the Gundams. Um, Oh yeah, you gotta use those to defend Japan against Korea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, but they better they be better than the ones they used during that robot wars battle.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually like those ones that they put on display all the time. The truth is, they're actually real. They can fire laser beams and they have laser swords. They're just putting them on display to make you stand, you know, like make you get used to it. And then when all of a sudden <laughs> they get up and they fly away, and you know, you hear Hiro go, you know, pick up the two
1: cannons, you know, it's on. Mm-mm, Yep. <laughs> There'll be like <laughs> there'll be like satellite lasers that will transform into a plane they'll be it'll be the best heroes from Gundam wing as well. that's the only one I've seen, so I'm glad you referenced the only Gundam I've actually watched oh yeah,
0: that's uh, the only one I've watched too in fact i I remember the big part where like he gets like the angel wing version of uh of the wing Gundam and uh-huh. he goes down and he's firing the double uh the double combined blaster at the like mm-hmm. the bunker with the yeah. uh the princess in it or something and mm-hmm. he just keeps firing it over and over again to where he's, like, destroying his Gundam. hmm Oh, so fucking epic. It was just like, yes, yes! Oh, hero's gonna do it! And then, you know, like, he disintegrates away, and it's like, oh, man. He did it, though. He did it.
1: Ah. Uh, I, I haven't actually... I didn't watch all of it, so I didn't get to that kind of epic moment. Um, I think that I was, was like, actually mm-hmm.
0: from an OVA or, mu- or movie.
1: <sighs> Oh, like there because there was like a there was like a separate thing that came out after it called Endless Waltz or something. Endless Waltz, yes, that was from Endless Waltz. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, so it takes this after the whole thing. I see. So he gets the Wing Gundam with the thing. I used to used to love collecting them, and I had I had a Wing Gundam as well that transformed into the plane that you you build it from scratch. There, uh, but the the ones you get from the boxes never looked as good as the ones that um, i the not because you yeah yeah or you have like to buy you know, model paints and stuff, and I I never bought paints
0: exactly like the ones i would buy from uh conventions and Mm -hmm. i build at home like uh those were you know they're decent but the stickers and like the the fake plasticky bits to them just don't compare to like you look online and you see some people who make custom gunpla and it's just how in the hell did you do that like what Mm. did you do with all your time was this what you did
1: And then also like, remember how they come in those like I don't know what you call them, but those kind of things that hold it together. You break it off the bits of plastic. Yeah, yeah. like there's sometimes when you break it off, it's got like bits of plastic hanging off of it. God, yes. Never get a clean cut off it. So yeah,
0: then you gotta get you like a a nail file and you gotta file it down. But then you like you accidentally scratch the Ah. the (laughs) nice exterior and it's like damn it. And then you're trying to get like something to buff it out and it's just not working. It's
1: yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you, we can both relate on that pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was that was the news about something that really shouldn't matter, but matters apparently, according to news outlets. So. Well,
0: unfortunately, my piece of news is also a little political. So, recently, there was a uh, kind of a serial killer um, who was... Uh, uh, let's see here. He had been... ...arrested in the Zama... ...or in Zama... ...the Kanawana Prefecture... Uh, uh, ...not too far back ago... ...I think it was on a Tuesday... ...of last week... Uh, ...because mm-hmm. the police found the... Uh, ...body parts from nine different bodies... ...in his apartment. Ugh. Yes. And the House of Counselors member... ...Ichita Yamamoto... ...who is a member of the Liberal Democratic Party of Japan... Uh, decided to, on his appearance of the Shin Hodo 2001 Political Discussion talk show, say that uh, games and anime are to blame for the violent crimes, uh, specifically referencing this serial killer. Hmm. Uh, He said that games have an influence on criminal activity when people become unable to distinguish between the fictional and real world's. Yamamoto said that stories with grotesque crimes, similar to the Zema serial murder case, exist in anime, and he believes such content can influence people to commit crimes in the real world. He called mm. for online surveillance to prevent c- related crimes before they happen. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, this is this is kind of an ongoing dangerous. thing. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't think he was actually pushing for the online surveillance and stuff to prevent crimes that haven't even happened yet. Like, it kind of reminds me of something like the film Minority Report, (laughs) you know?
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, his his comments were uh, mostly met with disapproval, uh, as the his calls for increased regulations from many online people believe that he is erroneously placing blame on video games and anime. Other commenters also noted that television, films, and smartphone games could have as much impact on criminal activity as video games and anime because as of now, there's still no good you know, surveys done because of how new video games, violent, violent video games like we have these days and violent anime that we have these days that we had in the past... Yeah, you know, we didn't Ramo One Half wasn't about tearing the arms off of your your victims and shoving them down their throats. You know, it isn't no JoJo's bizarre adventure. And mm-hmm. uh Pong was, you know, unless you consider <laughs> Pong to be terribly violent, it's no Call of Duty where yeah. you're seeing arms and legs get blown off your opponents. No. But mm-hmm. um as far as I'm concerned, I don't think so. I've played yeah. many violent games and I'm not really a violent person. In fact, I'd say I was more violent in the past when I didn't have access to the internet, when I didn't have access to video games and mm. anime like I do now. Mm, I even it's more of ended up outlet? I don't know. I was kind of a violent person in general. I mean, I went to um anger management uh, oh. for 1 year. I was actually kind of held back because of it and um, which meant I actually graduated a year, actually graduated in the correct age group that I was graduating in. Most of my senior class was 18 and so am I, but because of when I was born, I should have been 17 when I graduated, not 18.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, due to my, uh, violent outbursts I had as a child, uh, I was held back in firm anger management. And ever since then, it's kind of been more mellow i'll have my outbursts now and then but that's only if you know it's it's more of like a direct thing you know it, it's something yeah. that anyone could angry about like oh you hit my mother or oh like you you're attacking that child or you know that kitties you know
1: yeah you know Incidents stuck where, in a tree. Like, it, you'd be you'd have something wrong with you if you didn't get angry at those sort of things exactly you know? yeah exactly and it's like it um, wasn't
0: you know it wasn't outbursts all the time
1: hmm. And it sort of ties into, you know, what you're saying, I think it was last week about how it's you know, it's, it's it's escapism at the end of the day. It's not so much like, oh, I'm using it as a simulator to like give me ideas or like and like it forces me to go out and kill people or something like that. You know?
0: Exactly. And has this, you know, crime of serial killering happened during like no huge releases of violent video games or, you know, anime that may be questionable, then I don't think this guy would have any uh grounds to stand upon
1: yeah and i mean like you know you don't even have to look at internet or tv or you know like other medias like that or movies because like there have always uh, for a much longer period of time there have been books and novels would you see the same thing about crime novels you know exactly and serial killings and you know from how the uh
0: story goes yeah. with the serial killer basically the metropolitan police department that arrested the serial killer whose name is uh Hiraishi, last tuesday uh basically said that um he was arrested on suspicion suspicion of abandoning a body he is expected to be charged on suspicion of murder and after the police found the bodies in his home he actually admitted to murdering the victims and disassembling their bodies after making contact with people who had been posting online about committing suicide so basically he was either finding people who were killing themselves and he just took their bodies and chopped them up for some weird reason, or he was actually helping people, you know, with assisted suicide by oh, killing them instead of mm. them taking their own lives, which, yeah. you know, you may be actually make you feel like you're doing something good because, you know, it's kind of the same thing when you're in a hospital and you don't have much to live and you're in super pain, except yeah. with people who want to just commit suicide because of depression or something along those lines, it's, you know, I don't really have any sympathy for people who have depression because I just don't get it. Mostly just Mm -hmm. because I'm like, well, get over it. But that doesn't work for everyone as it does for me. I don't get depressed about anything. Um, But with these other people who are committing, or want to commit suicide because of their depression, well, you know, they're going to some guy who's like, I'll help you, you know, because you don't want to take your own life, I'll kill you instead, and however he killed them, we don't know, but we do know that he disassembled their bodies after they were killed. Hmm,
1: I see. Yeah, but th- did they find, like, any damning evidence? like, oh, he had a collection of anime, or he had a lot of models, or he had a lot of, like, video games that were very violent to at least tie it to what? What's that? No, I, was that no? And really it know?
0: it just seemed oh. that Yamamoto, as many people said, he was just kind of throwing anime and video games under the bus because, mm. you know, this the Zama serial murder case uh, is similar to a grotesque crime that, as you explained to me, is pretty similar to a serial killing that happened uh, in a recent anime. I forget what you uh, told me. yeah, in
1: Inuyashiki in episode two. Um, A guy is basically a serial killer, and you actually watch him execute each member of the family one by one, and that sparked a bunch of controversial claims, you know, about anime again. Because, you know, it's very graphic and goes, you know, quite into the act of him killing not just elderly people, but, you know, young girls and even children, so, you know. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, not not great news this week, but uh, hopefully we'll have something a little bit more lighthearted next week for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry for that. There was there wasn't really anything that great. I mean, there was like there was like one from like a website, but the problem was like it, the, that website gave me virus. <laughs> it, well, it gave me like a possible virus that Avast ended up blocking. So, but it otherwise, looked like it was going to be an interesting story as well. It was like about how um, uh, you know, the company Silver not Silverlink. What, the people who did Hanasaku and uh, Shirobako, what's their name again? Oh, silver not, silver... not Silver Spoon. Like, um, uh, the company that did... Um, yeah, yeah, they did Shirobako. They, they're they going to do the next season of One Punch Man. Um, they're really popular. What's their name? Uh, Hanasaku Iroha. Wait a second. That company, anyway, they've put out oh, like, a hiring... PA Works? Yeah, PA Works. That's the one. They've put out like hiring for more animators, um, but they're going to be paying them... Like that, that was the news. It was like they they're going to be paying them like 6 dollars an hour which is like the minimum wage so it's got people Oof. kind of unhappy yeah so. oh yeah and the that um, the, the working hours like standard but as an animator you're obviously expected to work overtime so
0: yeah. oh yeah and the uh i mean i saw other things out there like um they were doing like some cleanup of akihabara oh yeah uh, because of uh halloween had i guess left bit of a scar on japan this past halloween Aww. with a lot of trash being screwed about and uh Aww. strewn strewn about and yeah. uh, i guess the cosplayers had like kind of a get together to go around cleaning up the streets of uh the city that's cool
1: that's nice yeah keep the city because like uh yeah that was one thing i would point out when i did take a trip to tokyo once was that it was it was pretty spotless in terms of litter so it would be a shame if that was a. Uh, a shame to hear that that got kind of messed up by Halloween.
0: But, uh... God, I just... I would love to see that. Like, living here in America, especially where I live right now, it's like trash. Like, just seeing diapers on the street is like a, a norm. Yeah, like, used oh, diapers is a norm. God. Like, yeah. seeing used um, uh, syringes. You know, seeing oh, them strewn no. about here and there, that's a norm where I'm living right now. You, you see, like... Uh, the most out-of-place thing that we had recently was someone actually had thrown some, as I think I've described, they had thrown some tire uh, shredders and, like, on the street. So when people were driving by, their tires were picking up these spikes that were sinking into the tires. And that was a little out-of-place, but like, you know, used syringes, diapers, um, regular trash, just like gum wrappers, used condoms, all sorts of nasty, toxic... Uh. <laughs> yucky stuff you just see that on the ground you just see that on the street you just see that sidewalk it's terrible
1: that is bad yeah that's a problem
0: i didn't know it was that bad oh yeah especially right now where i live in new york state the part of new york state i live in it ain't good Mm. Mm -mm. what's the worst thing you've ever seen is there anything like worse than all of that um yeah i mean we get a lot of dead animals so like sometimes yeah. you'll just see like a dead cat that's been brushed off to the side of the street <sighs> um no one cleans it up it just no no it just <sighs> gets like especially during the winter we had like a few of them and people just would like pick them up and like toss them off into like the snow and then the snow would melt and then all of a sudden you're seeing this deco- decomposing corpse of a cat that's attracted oh. so many flies and it's just <laughs> disgusting <laughs> oh,
1: gross. yeah god
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's uh, let's get in some anime and away from (laughs) untasteful (laughs) topics. Mm -hmm. So, what do you got for us this week?
1: Okay, Uh, today I'll be reviewing Akibas Trip the animation. So. Akiba's Strip the Animation is based off a video game of the same name, the subheading being Undead and Undressed. If you didn't notice, the name is a pun because the word Strip is in the title, and that fittingly enough explains part of what the show is about. Akihabara is the area of Tokyo in the Chiyoda ward, it is under-attacked by vampire army set to perverse the various types of otaku culture there, and inevitably destroy it from the inside out. And it's up to our vigilante group, Electric Mayonnaise, Tamatsu, the main guy, Mayonaka the main girl, Niwaka, his emoto, and Arisa the crazy cosplaying one, to put on to put a stop to this invasion by quote, stripping people for the good of mankind. See, the logic of this show is that the undead are weak to being overexposed to the air, and thus the most efficient way to fail an undead is by um, stripping them, of course. Our two main leads are on a similar situation, whereby Tamotsu takes a fatal injury defending Mayo and dies hilariously. She makes him into a bugged one just like her in order to save his life. So yeah, that's ultimately the premise of this show, really. Each episode will deal with one facet of otaku culture, from made-to-butler cafes, uh, fighting games, cosplay to card games, whilst also focusing on one of the main characters. Someone will stumble onto the, a bugged one that is corrupting the topic of the episode in some way and then a battle ensues, one side trying to strip the other. An observation I had that, is that this is definitely one of those only in Japan kinds of shows, in its premise but also in its style of presentation. There's a certain level of expectation one has for a show geared towards a demographic by age. So what really strikes me more than the premise is that we have a plot that it has the structure of a like, Saturday morning car kind of a kids' cartoon, like Power Rangers, with a Monster of the Week sort of setup, while still having content that's definitely not suitable for kids, uh, with you know the stripping and all that. The best tone they go for uh, with, uh, the best tone they go for with all that in mind is a show that is self-aware in following its plots about how silly the entire thing is, and it does succeed to, in that extent. Uh, characters will say lines like who doesn't love a good gas mask and the aforementioned quote about for the good of mankind uh with such conviction that you get the idea that the show knows it's kind of dumb it's not just in the dialogue but also in the manner it chooses to represent the various subjects that also acts as commentary on the week's topic like tamotsu's deterioration while working as a butler being about the conditions that actual staffs at butler slash maid cafes have uh To deal with, as well as the purposely bad singing of the female idol MK, digging at how how much of idol culture is actually really about the music. The problem I often have with shows that are targeted towards people who like anime is that they often go for really obvious references, like that anime Gattari show I mentioned earlier, so that the audience can feel like they're in the in-crowd, with it really just being a bit of a distraction. So on the flip side, I can appreciate how this show does not spin feed every reference to you and how some work more as easter eggs, such as the reference to Moment 37, shown in the episode uh, where where they show Street Fighter V footage and some of the characters in the background are even based upon some pro fighting game players. What I like about this approach is that it likely means that there are some more subtle jokes that have likely went over my head when the show deals with a facet of the culture that I am less familiar with. And that's demonstrated um, that the staff behind this production actually did some homework on what the anime is about. Fitting, since some otakus would likely be the crowd that would be the first in line to call out the anime for its inaccuracies. What's more, the show can be separated separated into three actions behind its simple exterior. It's a show that makes fun of otaku culture, commentates on otaku culture, but also celebrates otaku culture, uh, down to the cast of characters they've assembled. Now, they were pretty standard archetypical characters, mind you, but they also work pretty well given the context we're on, and along with their types represented by the different sort of fans that anime tends to have. Tamutsu is what i describe as the charismatic otaku type, popularised by shows like Steins Gate and ReZero. He's an obsessive collector who acts with a degree of chunibyo, that um, when he's going too far, and also he's a really far gone fan, as as you know, as far gone as possible, but does not suffer the negative antisocial traits most commonly associated with being a hardcore otaku. Uh, Mayo can be summed up as a tsundere, but this character type is also reflective of the sort of fan she is. Really into the med- she's really into the medium of anime, though self conscious of that due to her upbringing. The complete opposite would be Arisa, who is almost always cosplaying, and oftentimes the cosplay is referencing something. There's no nice way to put it that she is the typical blonde airheaded headed type of character that almost seems to be thinking on a different plane of existence, which works towards how she is completely one with her otaku hobbies. She's also supposed to be Finnish, so she may also be the show's interpretation of a Western otaku. I'm not really sure. Um, then there's Niwaka, who's an emoto. Now, I probably should touch upon one aspect of the show, otherwise it would seem like I'm avoiding it, and that is its fan service. Despite what the whole thing uh, is being about stripping your opponent to defeat them, I have to say that if you happen to be in the market for that in this show specifically, then you should probably try a different castle. I mean, yes, you do see the enemies and the main characters at various stages of undress constantly, but they come off uh, as more of a tease, uh more of a tease than the sort of anime that generally geared towards being erotic in any way. This is partially due to the rather lack of a better word, um, toony way the characters are drawn, and the coloured kind of style that makes the content feel more poppy than real. Uh, They're like some way between full-on chibi and more typical anime styles, and hey, whatever floats your boat, but I thought that that was worth touching on here. The TLDR is this show has fan service almost inherently, but if you're going into this, um, f- uh, going to this explicitly for that, you may be disappointed. I suppose, like all things, it all leads back to ero manga sensei. Sagiri so in that show is known as ero manga sensei and is known for drawing the most raunchiest erotic types of art. But then you see her drawings, and it's like Masamune Kun's revenge artwork, which is not bad illustration, but I struggle to imagine she'd get famous for her artwork sex appeal with just that. Mm -hmm. I got sidetracked. But (laughs) anyways, the lighthearted nature of this show doesn't really lend itself to fan service as a focus anyway, which was really my point. Akiba's Trip is not a great show, mind you. It's pretty simple at face value, and it's pretty dumb, down to its overarching narrative, but that cushions the blow is that it seems to know that it's that, and it has fun with it. So I can kind of respect it to that extent. The animation was alright, and I like, like I said, it's very toony, but I was quite taken with the music. The idol song with that Electric Mayonnaise performs was quite catchy, as well as some of the ED themes that they changed each episode. I wasn't laughing at all, although, uh, no, I wasn't laughing at all times, although there were usually at least one thing in each episode that could make me smile. Uh, and like how I really appreciate the joke about the disconnect between how entertaining to watch a show uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh, where the characters duel in an over-exaggerated manner, in contrast to how boring it actually can be to watch people play Yu-Gi-Oh in real life. Um, it's time to do 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 duel. Yeah, exactly. They do a the thing where they go over the top, and it's like, oh, like you see the monsters come out of the cards, and it's like they they do the poses and stuff, and then it, it flashes to like what they're doing in real life, and they're just sitting at a table, just like, okay, I summoned that. Attack, you know, like uh, you, you get this kind of disconnect in the animation, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. So, kind of like that, there will probably be like at least a joke like that that will strike different types of viewers in different ways, depending on your kind of interests in otaku culture. And this covers a lot of different sort of you know areas of otaku culture. Kind of like you know, you got trading cards, you got cuisine, you even got gun otakus because there's apparently quite a big thing with like military and otakus these days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so. I suppose that's kind of the spirit that the show states in episode one. Quote, our obsession connects us. That should automatically make us good friends. We don't come to Akiba for the treasures we're hunting. We come because the hunt is an experience itself. We come to be around others who aren't too cool to care. To breathe the same air as fans just like us. Very eloquent. (laughs) So I'm giving uh, Akiba's trip the uh, the animation a Netflix. It's not spectacular in any aspect, really, but I'm glad I watched it at least, so there is that
0: all right excellent. I was actually pretty interested to hear what you had to say about it because i uh listened to four player podcasts talk about the video game uh-huh as this uh, as this anime is based upon, and uh their thoughts on it being a interesting game, not yeah. necessarily
1: good but interesting i i've actually tried the game once like in a burst i just felt it was very novel but i don't know how long that novelty can really last like it's funny because almost like in gta there's just like you're in a place and you're in akihabara and there's all these people like cosplaying and or like advertising things walking around and you can literally just attack anybody (laughs) and start a fight and every everybody knows martial arts and then at the end you do these wrestling suplex moves on them and then you strip them at the end yeah, it's 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 very goofy, but it was fun for the moments I was playing it for because it's just it's just so you know over the top. But, uh, and the the thing I pointed
0: out to you uh, early on mm-hmm. is that I really liked the hair of the ah of the uh, the redhead. But then I noticed that when I was looking up some images that the guy also kind of has her hair as well.
1: Yes, is that because the, she
0: resurrects mm-hmm.
1: him? Yes, that's right. Because he gets stabbed, he originally just has blue hair. But because he gets stabbed, she has to like bring him back from the dead using mouth to mouth, and uh, that gives him her powers, and he becomes like her underling. So like anybody who's got her sort of powers, or anybody who's like a vampire, really has like the two hair color thing. But like ah. they've got more of it because they're like a higher up version of these vampires in terms of the hierarchy. So. Of course. So yeah. All right.
0: Very cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. Uh,
0: well, I'm reviewing. Shokugeki no Soma, the second plate. How very timely, as I am now currently watching the third season of Shokugeki no Soma. Yep, still good. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you ready for another plateful of orgasm inducing food? Where the quippy main protagonist amazes us with his culinary expertise, and the dishes look so delectably real that you want to just reach into the screen and help yourself to a bite? Oh yeah, that's right, I'm talking about Shokugeki. An anime that amazed me last season with its astounding attention to cooking detail, so much that you could actually accurately reproduce the meals after seeing the ingredients and how they were prepared. Upon seeing the second season announced, I got pretty hyped. But could it keep the hype train going through every episode? That was the question. For those of you who are living under a rock, Shokugeki no Soma is an anime about food gasms. Our main protagonist is a high school-aged boy who is forced to join a prestigious culinary art school. He makes friends, makes some enemies, and outclasses everyone with his surprisingly deep and masterly crafted dishes. This season picked right up where the last one left off, with the beginning of the autumn elections cooking tournaments we have almost no time to breathe as the young chefs are thrust into their matches, kicking things off with a battle between Soma and Alice. It's a fun bento battle that has you worried since Alice is related to the god-tongue Erina, but the lack of feelings placed into her bento sees Soma the victor. After Soma's match, we see one between the adorable Megumi and Ryo, Alice's right-hand man. Their match's visualization took some inspiration from another popular anime uh, at the time, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And it also saw Megumi lose her first major battle. Then there was a match between Erina's right-hand woman, Hisako, and Akira, the Spice Master. Hisako being handedly defeated, even though she puts up good effort. Don't worry about her though, she shows back up later for some more screen time. The next match between Soma's so-called rival Takumi and a new face to the show, known as uh, Subararu, results in Subaru's victory, but due to the fact Subararu uses some pretty underhanded tactics, he is challenged by Soma to a Shokugeki it's a pretty hard-won battle due to Subaru's copycat tactics. You see, he actually uh, follows the opponent of his around to where he can copy exactly what they're going to make and then approve upon it during the Shokugeki. But Soma turns things around in his favor by improvising the dish on the fly. It's a Really satisfying win, as not only does Soma triumph, but all the culinary tools that Subaru had taken in his previous victories as trophies are returned to their owners, finally giving Soma some credit to his name, as many of the other students thank him for the shokugeki. The final match of the autumn elections is a three-way battle between Soma, Ryo, and Akira due to the fact a match between Ryo and Hisako resulted in a tie. The battle is long, lasting three entire episodes, but it provides some pretty hilarious visuals as well as some amusing dialogue due to one of the judges being Alice's mother.
1: Oh yeah, her English is the best, by the way. Yeah, her English was... Her Japanese
0: English was pretty good. So good. Most students felt that Soma was just a side character in this match, but just when it seems like he's about to lose, he enhances the dish and really makes the judges think twice. Sadly, both Ryo and Soma lose to Akira, who is so overcome with emotion he lovingly hugs his professor and likely love interest in front of the entire student body. I wish they would just hurry up and shackle things, because those two are just two inches away from banging in the bedroom. I mean, seriously. Uh, When Ryo is annoyed by the loss, Soma takes the hit in stride, even though being taunted by his old man over the phone. With just three episodes left, there is little time to cover our next two events, which... Felt like they should have had a bit more screen time. The uh Sati or this is an Italian word, but the uh stagier? Stat statiari?
1: It's weird to say stagiaire, but I don't know how it's actually pronounced.
0: It's pronounced a little bit differently. It's like start st ster start or statiari? Something like that. (laughs) Uh, Basically, the students are sent to restaurants outside of the school to work there and leave a lasting mark of improvement upon the restaurant. We see some various faces being paired off and sent away, but we follow Soma and Hisako as our main pair, who are sent to a struggling restaurant. It's a rather nice pairing, as Hisako, who had looked down upon Soma, much like her mistress Erina, comes to see him in a new light, and even enjoyed his company. This is another event that eliminates a lot of background characters, but sees all the main secondary cast members pull through. Afterwards, the final event is the second half of the Italian word that neither of us can pronounce where Soma is reunited with the French chef he had actually challenged in the first season to a shokugeki, uh, Shinio Shinomiya. As before, Soma must leave a mark behind, but almost can't handle the pressure of working in a world-class restaurant. Of course, this pressure only spurs him on, eventually leading him to creating a dish that uh, Shinomiya approves of and adds to his menu after a little tweaking. Now, while the whole event lasted only three episodes, it is rounded out rather nicely with character development and bringing back some old faces from the previous seasons that I liked. Now, I want to say that this season did just as good as the previous, but it does drop down a bit due to the fact that I had begun reading the manga at this time. So my hype wasn't nearly as great as it had been the first season where I really had no idea how things were going to turn out. Mm. I already knew who was going to win and lose. So the only thing this anime had going for it was the voice acting animation and the jokes. Mm. Thankfully, all three landed perfectly making this season pretty similar, but not unpredictable. Mm. Like enjoying a really good meal. But one that you've had before. It's still yummy, but there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. The animation, of course, is unchanged from the previous season. JC's staff performed admirably, continuing their outstanding job animating the food. This is the same company that did animation for series like Shinomita, Love Stage, and Prison School. Ah. I don't see why it wouldn't happen, but I do hope... If we see a third season, that JC keeps the rights to animating it, which they did. Uh, Voice acting, my opinion, again, has not changed. Everyone did a bang-up job playing their roles, something that the third season started out not so great with, with the fact that Erena is not voiced by the same voice actress. However, she's gotten much better. Mm. As for my favorite character, now I can't really give this one to Megumi like I did last season, as she gets far less screen time this season. As such, we just don't see her enough to be really impressed upon by anything she does. In fact, this season felt particularly focused on Soma. And that's who I'm giving the reward to this time. Experiencing his first major loss, Soma's character continues to grow as he absorbs more and more culinary experience. He's no longer just the kid able to turn any dish into an orgasmic burst of flavor. He's now the chef who proved that giving up is never an option, even in the face of defeat. Shokugeki no Soma, the second plate, gets to download it now.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think another reason why it didn't hit quite as hard as the first season for me was that it was also kind of short. It was only 13 episodes long, while season one was 24, so it felt like it ended too quickly. But that's that's almost a good thing enough itself. But
0: yeah, and I think that yeah. that uh, theme is going to continue on into the third season. As I, the this season, the third season is going at a breakneck pace with the with the plot yeah. because mm-hmm. we're already at the point that spoilers: Erina has come to the Polar Store Star a ca- or, you know dormitory, and that wow. took like forever to happen in the manga. Right and at this point. What happens next is basically her father shows up and we see the whole thing about um, Soma being like, oh, by the way, you're friends with my father. And that's the whole big reveal. That's the thing we've been waiting for forever in the manga is that Soma reveals who his father is and Erina, and Erina finds out. And she mm. finds out in a spectacular fashion, coming to the door just as Soma's revealing it. And even then, Soma's like, let me repeat myself, in case you didn't understand. Ichiro is my father. Mm. Here's a picture of me with him together. And Erina is just like, what have I done? <laughs> it's his son. I've been trying to get rid of him so much. And she, she just falls apart on the inside. And then starts acting very much like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, my, it's this person I love's son. And he's like being really nice to me. What should I do now? Should I act the way I always act with him? Or should I, you know, maybe, like, try to hit him a little? I don't know. Mm. So it's just, it's awesome. And, you know, and when her father finds out, too, he's like, oh, shit, you're his son? Wait, you know him, too? Mm. Like, you know, he was talking to his daughter, like, how do you know him? And he's he's thinking about, like, oh, I see what he's trying to do. Clever, Joe Ichido. Clever, but it won't work. Well, you know, and uh, then he kind of gives up on pulling his daughter back into abusive relationship territory, which is nice. And we kind of start to see, like, maybe her father's just a scarred man, and he just needs to get fed a really horrible dish <laughs> from Soma, <laughs> because see. you know what's going to happen. I imagine Soma's going to defeat him by feeding him some tentacles covered in peanut butter or something like that. Ah,
1: that's trademark, yes. I oh, uh, yes. I hope I hope that'll be when he actually does collab collaborate with Sachan, who also was missing for quite a big portion of season two as well. But Sachan's amazing. But I'm glad to see that she was in season three. <laughs> Yep, yep. They they could they could make a really poisonous looking concoction.
0: Oh oh yeah, they they even have that they actually meet each other in this yes. one big time where like they have that whole sit down and they're like, hey, 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 what yeah. if I made it like this? And she's like, Oh, ho, we should definitely get together sometime and talk more about this mm-hmm. evil food and you know, and I think it's uh Megumi who's just like what have I witnessed? <laughs> these Was, two should probably is- never meet. Yeah, what these this is not uh, this is not good. This should never have happened.
1: Created a monster, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, she, he uh, collaborate with her. That'll be her, her, her part. Oh, when he needs to feed God, that
0: would be so awesome if they did yeah. some collaboration between those two. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, it's like they're just pulling out all the stops with like major characters, and I mean, she's not even mentioned in in the the manga at this point. Like, uh, you don't didn't... even see her at all. It's just all it is yeah. is like, oh, it's the elite ten, and and some of them are actually helping Soma because they don't agree with the viewpoints of, of, uh, of, you know, Erina's father. Yeah. Uh. And, uh, yeah. And so it's just, it's this whole whirlwind of activity. I mean, right now in the manga, Megumi is, is battling off against, um, the girl who carries around the cat, the stuffed the cat. The
1: girl, the, the girl that makes candy. Uh,
0: the girl who makes sweets
1: yeah yeah that's the one she
0: mm-hmm. yeah and While she has go. like the she has like the stuffed cat she carries around with her
1: ah, okay, so those two are petted against each other right
0: yeah i mean they they just had the battle between uh the blonde Italian boy and oh no uh yeah, and the guy who uses like uh economic tactics. To like win. Uh,
1: Oh, the guy who does the fast food places, the guy with the glasses. Yes, like
0: he tried to win by like making a dish that would ruin his opponent's dish in flavor of taste because sometimes you eat something and your palate's ruined. But, you know, he pulls through and is just like, I win.
1: Hmm. That'll be interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. I think Meguming, I don't want to see her lose, but I get the feeling she might. Like this big battle, Mm. she might be the loss again. And I don't want to see that. Like, I I want to see maybe, I want to see her win. Mm. And then maybe, because like the last uh, match that they had, they actually didn't win all the way through because they were battling number one and number two the Mm. red headed vampire chick and, you know, the blonde headed uh, platinum blonde dude. Mm-hmm. But they wore them down, which is what their original tactics were. Is basically take them on at such an extreme level that they were just like wiped out, and they could not participate again in another yeah. battle for a while, as they had to recover. And then this one, it's like I want to see them just plow the enemy team down, just like boom, boom,
1: boom, three strikes. Yes, does mm, a clean sweep. I also just don't exactly. think. I think it, it'd be a shame for Megumi because she's already she's always the underdog in these situations, and then. You know, characters always point out how she's only hanging on to the school by a thread, which is—it's kind of sad because like she's hanging on by a thread, but then the school also has these two commentator girls who just seem to like narrate everything. And like, how come they're not at risk of being expelled from the school?
0: Exactly. She and never seen know, them cook.
1: Yeah, it's
0: true. Um, so what I'm looking forward to seeing is like, because the girl, the stuffed animal girl. She made a dish that was like really elegant looking And also was very very flavorful mm-hmm. um, It had some pretty good uh, foodgasm element to it That kind of turned all the eaters into fairy tale princesses um, But with Megumi, Like she's always been kind of like that uh, waza- zaki of like the food Where it's just like you know very homely Like she'd be an excellent mother you know, Very comfort food kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that because she made something very simplistic, which is very amusing. Like, you know, she makes it, and everyone's like, it's so simple. It suits her style! <laughs> yeah. And she's like pouring tea out, and it's just like, she is adorable. <laughs> God, Megumi is so adorable. <sighs> <sighs> Alright, so, anyways, enough gushing about food and foodgasms and chokugeki, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can wrap up the show.
1: So, as
0: always, I thank everyone for joining us, for tuning in, and until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.